our best job as nonprofit marketers is understanding there's a world full of people who are looking to make a difference. They just need to know how and where. And so our job is to connect them with the how and the where. Hey everyone, it's Noah Barnett, the VP of Marketing here at Feather. And today in the studio, I'm joined by Cindy Starkey. She's the VP of Marketing and Communications at Starlight Children's Foundation, a a wonderful organization I know we're going to talk a lot about. But Cindy, welcome to the studio. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. So I already mentioned Starlight Children's Foundation, which I know many look up to as an exemplary organization. And it's going to be great for us to dig into the weeds on like how you all think about marketing, how you think about connecting with, you know, the wonderful community you've all created uh, and connected to the cause. But before we do that, I would love to know a little bit more about you. And what was kind of the squiggle or the journey that got you to being the head of marketing and comms at the Starlight Children's Foundation? What was that squiggle like? Yeah, you know, it's really fun to look back and reflect on that. So I, like so many of us, I was one of those people in college who had so many interests, it was hard for me to pick a major. I mean, I literally thought about everything. I thought about psychology and counseling for a while. And then on the seemingly complete opposite end of the spectrum, I thought about interior design. (laughs) So at the end of the day, I realized I love writing. I love storytelling. I had an interest in photography. So it was a very natural fit for me to settle into a communications major with an emphasis on news and editorial. So that's what I did. And that ended up landing me a job with Krispy Kreme, who was very purposeful in their marketing. And so they did a lot of work in the community and a lot of work with philanthropy. And it was there that I was first introduced uh, to the needs of hospitalized children because they were a partner of Children's Miracle Network Hospitals at the time. And so I was going and working with them in those philanthropy programs, and that's what hooked me into the needs of Children's Hospitals. So I ended up going to Children's Miracle Network. I stayed there about 18 years, and then I migrated over here to Starlight Children's Foundation, who also impacts kids in hospitals. Yeah, that's lovely. It's really fun. Uh, I want to dig into, you said you were into design, but then psychology, and then you kind of went to Krispy Kreme, which is obviously like a major brand, and then got exposed to like the needs. What I love about it is everyone listening to this story is thinking about like the collisions that they've had that led them into the work they were doing. And it's, it's always feels a little like Plinko, but really comes back to the centering around just the power of generosity and being exposed to that at some point, you know, for you, it was at Krispy Kreme. For me, it was seeing the disparity at 16 between people that just live in a different country versus ours and the opportunities that then is either presented to them or withheld from them, you know? And so that's what pushed me into international relief for you listening to this. It might be something else. It might've just been recent or it might've been, you know, how you were, how you were raised. It's really neat to see kind of like, the the shaping that creates the people that lead in our industry. So thanks for sharing. Exactly. Your story. Yeah, you bet. And you know, it's really funny too, because sometimes I'll I'll reflect back and what I know about myself now, like even though these interests seem so different, what I know about myself now, it was really about influencing mood, right? So either through psyche or through physical surroundings. And then I think in the nonprofit space, so much of what we do is help influencing the way other people feel and impact and experience life. And so sometimes when we reflect, it all just comes back full circle anyway, right? Absolutely. And I love how you use the word experience, because I think that's the 
that's what we're after as marketers. Like we're the designer of the experience. And so let's, let's get into that. And uh, as part of that, we like to define what marketing and communications mean at Starlight. So, you know, there's a lot of titles in nonprofits, but they mean different things at different places. So give us a little detail, like what do you oversee? What are you a part of? Even just maybe even a glimpse into like what your team looks like and how you all support the overall fundraising and marketing of the organization. Yeah, absolutely. So marketing and communications at Starlight is all about building our brand awareness and perception in the marketplace. Part of our functions is publicity, of course, Earned media is very important for us. And then same thing on all of those own channels that we have. So that's our email marketing and our social media channels as well. So we have a team of six and we support all of our organizational initiatives. And so we'll support those moments of program delivery within our hospitals. We support our corporate partnerships who help make sure we can deliver our mission. And then we support our individual giving team who interacts on a day-to-day basis with our donors. Um, so our role is really to help make sure and engage uh, our communities in with our cause and help them understand how their donations are really making a difference. I would love to get into the details of that. So would you be willing to kind of share a campaign that you have been a part of or helped run at Starlight Children's Foundation that like really exceeded expectations? It kind of blew it out of the water. And what did you learn from that campaign that now you're applying to future campaigns? Yeah, so we have spent the last year, I'm going to back up just a little bit, because we've really spent the last year trying to become more data-centric and data-focused, especially to understand the motivations of those individual donors that we're cultivating relationships with. So one of the ways that we've done that is we've gone back to the drawing board and we've done some brand research. We've done a lot of A-B testing, and we've done a lot of focus group research, Um, So from that, we've made some shifts just in terms of our digital content and messaging, especially on our website, because we cultivate a lot of our donors first through our website. So based on some of those uh, insights that we've been able to gather, we just simplified our message and simplified our content. And through that, our conversion rate on our website is up 50%. We've also taken those same storytelling shifts to um, help engage our audiences on social media. And so our engagement rate right now on social media is up 81% year over year. So sometimes just that campaign design is, is distilling it back to its most basic forms of how do we engage that community? How do we help them understand um, not only the impact they're making, but the outcomes of Starlight programs? And so when they are donating and helping Starlight place these programs, there's a real tangible impact on the kids who use and experience them. That's incredible. Congratulations that your team has been able to put that together. And you kind of shared like the outcomes of the change and what the solution was in simplifying the message. But my own brain and maybe some listeners are like, what was the insight you heard that either showed that, oh, we have a problem in this area, so we should look at our messaging? Could you get us into like, what were the insights that led to the solution of simplified messaging and outcome-based storytelling? Yeah. So a lot of that is in the, in the way we were demonstrating, um, what our programs do. And so one really good example of that, we have a gaming station and we always talked about the entertainment value for that. And so if you think about it, if you're a kid in that hospital setting, There's a lot of downtime in between treatments or in between seeing physicians and nurses. And so we always talked about those gaming stations and handhelds for the entertainment. But where we needed to connect with donors a little bit more was helping them understand 
the value of that entertainment. And so it's taking that and distilling it down a little bit further to talk about how that gaming station then comes in and helps the child redirect their focus. And so by redirecting their focus, they might feel more sense of control in an environment in which they don't have a lot of control in. And that can lead to greater security in that hospital setting. Or it might bring in more familiarity in the hospital because it's connecting them to something that they experience in their everyday life. And now they can experience it in the hospital, which makes that hospital just a little bit easier place for them to be somewhere where they feel a little more close to home. Same thing with our hospital gowns. So for a long time, we talked about the fact that they were more comfortable. Um, We redesigned that hospital gown from your traditional hospital gown. We made it more private because we put ties down the sides instead of it being open in the back. And then we were able to help um, the nursing and hospital staff with procedural support because we put snaps on the top so they can access things like ports without the kids needing to be on display. And so all of that is really great, but then now let's take it one step further and help connect the donor to understand why that's important for the kid. Because when the child experienced that more privacy, that eases their anxiety of being in the hospital setting. So it's really, it was taking those insights of how we've always talked about our program and then just distilling it down to its most basic, here's what that program is doing for that child that's making a difference in their hospital situation. Yeah, that is incredibly powerful. And I think the lesson that I think we can all take away from that is we tend to talk about the utility of what we're doing and try to sell utility, like whether it's your case, which is providing care and security and comfort for children through gowns or entertainment or, you know, a better situation for them to be a part of when they're in a unfortunate situation. Others, it might be, hey, we feed people, we house people, or we save animals, or we change policy, or we help the environment. And it's like, those are, there's like practical things there. But what you all said is, how do we move from utility to like what the value is for the beneficiary, not what the thing is we are providing? Yes, exactly. And that's something we can all do in our marketing campaigns and storytelling. And that is powerful. That explains for me the results you're all getting, because that's what people want, the safety and security, the comfort of the child, whether gowns is the pathway to that. Great. That's awesome. You guys are the experts, so you can decide that. But what the supporters funding is that transformational experience for the child in your all's case, or in my case, when I was doing international relief and development, our program director always said, you're not just providing food and clothing and shelter. You're providing kids the opportunity to dream again. And it's always this thing that's like, there's something well beyond what you're doing here. And like, let's make sure we market that story, not just, you know, the inputs that we're providing. Exactly. And I think that a lot too, when it comes to impact, because I think sometimes as a nonprofit marketers, we look at impact and we're like, okay, that's the number of kids we've served or, but for me and, and having, I think, been on that corporate partner side first, it's really easy to understand, you know, impact is so much more than just the amount of kids served. It is literally what has this done for them to change their experience. Um, So we've really been focusing on that a lot here at Starlight. Yeah, it's reminding me of another campaign that the YMCA of America did. So the broader YMCA, the basis of it, and I've shared a little bit more of this on previous episodes, but basically they created this um, story about this little girl, Zoe. And they talked about how the YMCA 
is not just providing for this person or this person at different life stages. We're actually providing at all life stages. And so they're, they're illustrating through story was that Zoe, this, you know, young girl through her becoming president is benefiting from the YMCA. And so they were doing this just like using creative liberties through ex real experiences from patrons of the YMCA, but embedded in this single story of Zoe and how Zoe was going from, you know, child to president in, I forget, like six, 2064 or something. It was like a really creative campaign, but they were trying to showcase the benefits that, you know, throughout your entire life, the YMCA is there for you and supporting. And that's why you should get involved because it's a it's a full life type organization in the communities that's serving. It was it was incredible and just reminds me similarly to what you're describing. Yeah, exactly. So switching gears a little bit from like specific campaigns to kind of, you know, current times, because in today's fast paced world, especially in the digital world, like innovation is crucial. And so how do you lead or how does Starlight Children's Foundation really stay innovative in its approach to digital marketing? Yeah. So for us, I think all of our innovation always starts from that audience first approach. Um, so it's really understanding the needs of those who we're serving. And we do that from both a programmatic standpoint and then also in the, our digital marketing approaches. Um, so one of the things that we're doing is to stay on top of implementing language and content specific to search inquiries and intent to donate. And we're implementing that across all of our channels. And then we always think about new ways that we can expand our storytelling avenues so our audiences don't tune out. So a good example of that is in the past, we've talked a lot about serious and chronic illness. Um, we also know like what's happening in the world right now as the influx of flu and COVID and RSV starts to impact hospitals is those respiratory viruses can really impact hospitalized kids too, whether they're hospitalized for that respiratory illness or something else. So what happens is uh, hospitals to mitigate the spread of those illnesses implement greater infectious disease controls. So they might limit the amount of visitors who can come in to the hospital and socialize with that child, or the child might um, not be able to go to the game room and socialize with other kids in the hospital. And so what our unique opportunity is, is to make sure donors understand that Starlight programs impact those moments too, because our gaming station and our handheld are meant specifically to be easy to transport from room to room. So a child can still experience that socialization um, with others playing on the game station from their room. That's also easy to wipe down and sanitize, which helps um, tie back into those infection control policies that hospitals have. So it's finding new moments of storytelling to help donors really understand how their dollars are making a difference, how this program continues to make a difference in the hospital during these unique moments in time. Yeah, it is always looking for that story. But I think what you said is really, really important. It's not just trying to find a story because of what's going on, but it has to tie back to the mission and it has to tie back to like what's really going on and what's true. Or you have like story drift away from the mission just to capture attention. And then that experience doesn't necessarily resonate. Um, so capturing attention has to be done as or has to be anchored to the work, to the mission, to the impact. It can't just to be just because you can. Uh, and that's a good, good tip. You mentioned intent to donate and how you're applying that to your across your programs. Can you double click on that and give us a little bit more 
detail on maybe an example of what that looks like? Or when you say intent to donate, what does that mean? Yeah. So I think for us, it's understanding, you know, what our target audiences are looking for online. And so it's using those keywords and and optimizing your SEO and helping to drive people back to our channels to learn more about us. Um, Also, part of our research is understanding just general motivations to donations um, and and the behaviors that drive people to donate as well. And once we understand that, then we, we can understand the right messaging to place. And again, to your point, do that in a very authentic way. So we're not just saying it to say it, but we're really driving home what our programs do so that we can catch the quality audiences who care about our mission and would be more apt to donate to us. Yeah. It's something that we talk a lot with our clients here at Feather is um, you mentioned keywords and and typically, you know, as if marketers listening to it might think like, okay, search advertising, like how do I get the blue links in queries when someone's searching for something? But one thing that we've seen that's actually really powerful is using search query data to signal alignment to the causes our organizations do. So it's not that you want to show up in the search query because you might not have relevant information. The example I use commonly is um, outdoor hiking experiences in Colorado mountains or something, or like uh, travel guides, right? Like if I'm a nonprofit doing environmental protection of Colorado state parks, I don't necessarily want to show up in those search results. I may try either through paid advertising or organic, and there may be aligned value to provide. But I know that people that search for that or that are visiting state parks, whether it's based on location or search query, those are showing alignment to the affinity profiles of our ideal donors. And so we can then try to reach them through acquisition programs, through uh, what's called search intent advertising, or you can do like geolocation around state parks, or uh, there's a variety of other examples. But I love the idea of using the word intent. And I feel as though that's a newer word for us in fundraising and marketing to begin bringing into our programs, which is not what is like the journey we're taking the person through, but it's like, how are we preparing to respond to intent signals when they show up? Because they show up all the time, like how people engage with organizations and, you know, even how we we desire to interact or kind of the complexity of the web of attribution is really just giving us opportunities to then respond. And so when you have those intent to donate signals, as you, sh- you shared, or even, uh, you know, alignment to the donor personas that you have, how are you actually activating on those programs? And that's really powerful. That's a different conversation than how do we get more click through rates on our emails? <laughs> you know, it's like, how do we actually align our programs to the intent of our community when they're ready and most primed to want to engage. Yeah. And, you know, I think every nonprofit, we all go through it. It's, it's a series of experimentation, right? And so we don't have it perfected yet here at Starlight, but we're actively and proactively thinking it through and, and testing and implementing that across the opportunities. Absolutely. Well, sticking on this trend of kind of like new things or kind of how digital marketing is evolving within nonprofits, are there any emerging trends uh, that you see really shaping the future of nonprofit marketing? And how are you either dabbling or kind of experimenting with any of those? Yeah, I mean, I think AI is the topic of conversation everywhere. And so, of course, at Starlight, we're thinking through our opportunities to use it as well. And some of the ways that I think we can use it as one to improve efficiencies and especially in the terms of 
not only helping our teens be more relationship focused because they can get their boots on the ground because AI can help turn out some of those things like one sheets and pitch decks and those types of things. But as I'm looking into and understanding some of the emerging opportunities, it could eventually help us upsell our donors. I mean, I think that goes back to understanding you can use AI to understand and take those signals from donor responses to now know how to help craft the right message to get them more engaged with your cause. Now, I will say, as we've been experimenting with little bits of AI, what I'm also noticing is it's not 100% reliable and it sometimes lacks that human element. And as we're, again, trying to do this storytelling shift, I think it's really important as nonprofit marketers that we don't um, real, you need somebody on the experience side to look at what it's doing and then add that human element to it. Yeah, for sure. And I think like the word that I've heard best described to how we should look at AI is as like a sidekick or a utility. Like it is just another tool. tool in our toolkit. Any other emerging trends or things that maybe not even emerging, but things that you all are looking to experiment further on, whether at year end this year or into 2024? So for the end of the year, we have a Give Happiness campaign that's up and coming where we're hoping to unite our entire community around it. So we have a very strong community at Starlight between donors and fundraisers. We have a network of hospitals and partners, and we're bringing them all together to help us galvanize around this moment in time. And so it's a time of year when when children are hospitalized, they miss out on some of those typical family traditions that they would experience um, otherwise. And so it's a wonderful time of year to think through what can we do across all of our channels, not just digital, but all of our channels to really be able to effectively um, reach people who have a desire to help and a desire to make the world or life a little more comfortable for a hospitalized child during this season. So we're going to activate across paid, earned, shared, owned, to really galvanize a lot of people to come together during this moment in time. I love how you you continue to refer back to these like types of connection points with your community. So you just said it there, all four of them, which was paid, earned, owned, and shared. I think it's so important as marketers to realize that our community's connection point to our cause may be through any of those four. And so when we are designing campaigns, like you mentioned for end of year, you do have to think through each of those. Could you isolate each of them and maybe give one tactical thing that you all are trying to do or you've you've done successfully uh, in your earned channel or your shared channel or even paid or owned? Yeah, I, I really look a lot at our opportunities through shared. And so some of the things that we're doing this year is to activate one, our corporate partner network and our hospital network in the shared content and be able to help um, push those messages across through all of their channels and to all of their constituents who are also very much active and engaged with the cause of Starlight. So part of what we're doing is creating and making it as easy and turnkey as possible by creating toolkits that have all of the templatized content that those audience can then just customize and push out across their different channels. And so we have an incredible network of influencers and celebrity supporters that this is a wonderful time of year for them to activate and use their share channels on as well. And so those are the two key audiences that we're really looking 
to grow with this year for Give Happiness. Yeah, that's wonderful. Any um, practical things you're doing on paid or maybe even new things that you all are trying on the paid side? Yeah. So again, with these storytelling shifts on our paid side, a lot of um, our success comes from paid social. And again, it goes back to distilling it from looking um, less like a static ad to engaging people with story through those paid social moments. And so part of what we'll be doing this year is just changing that story a little bit, shifting it a little bit uh, so that the stories people are engaging with are human centric and stories of kids that have been in the hospitals that understand uh, what it's like during this time of year and can speak to that. That's wonderful. Cindy, this has been incredible. I do want to leave you because one of our core values here at Feather is to be practical. So if you're advising, you're speaking directly to the director of marketing or the director of digital fundraising or another VP as they're thinking about the future of their nonprofit marketing. What are one or two reminders you would have them keep top of mind from your vast array of experience? Yeah. So I think one of the quotes that always circulates among my team is a quote from Donald Miller in StoryBrand, which is don't make people burn calories trying to figure out what you're telling them. And that really goes back to to why we've simplified our message at Starlight. Because as a consumer, I can count the amount of times where I've been to a website or looked at a piece of marketing collateral and had to reread it because there was so much jargon or so much cliche. It said a lot of things yet said nothing. Um, So I think part of our practical advice is, again, don't make people burn calories. Drill down to the most basic and specific message that you can. The other piece of advice is, you know, what sticks out at me the most in my journey, again, is back, is being on that nonprofit marketing from that corporate partner side. And I think I was very fortunate to have that experience early in my career. Because I remember as I was touring our local children's hospital, as that Krispy Kreme employee, I can still recall 20 years later, the story that was shared with me at that hospital moment. And it, the gift officer at the hospital shared the story of a little 10-year-old boy from a rural community in my state, happens to be about three hours drive from the hospital. And he was playing in the barn one day, tripped and fell on a pitchfork, and that pitchfork pierced through to his abdomen. And so as they were making arrangements to life flight him to the hospital, he told his parents, you know, don't worry about it. It's going to cost too much. Just don't worry about it. Don't worry about me. It, it was that moment that transformed my desire to ensure hospitals and kids get the resources they need so they can just concentrate on what they need to concentrate on, which is their treatment. And, and having that experience from the other side first has shaped the way I've worked for nonprofits. Because what it demonstrated to me is that storytelling when done right is about more than just motivating people to action. And it is about creating those authentic connections with other people's beliefs and desires. Because I think our best job as nonprofit marketers is understanding there's a world full of people who are looking to make a difference. They just need to know how and where. And so our job is to connect them with the how and the where. Yeah, beautiful example, Cindy. And I know each of us are probably thinking about our own stories that have connected us to the philanthropy and generosity ecosystem. And it's such an important thing to keep in mind. The founder of Save the Children frames it just similar to you. She said, the world is not ungenerous. They're just unimaginative and very busy. And it's our job to touch the world 
uh, imagination with the facts in such a way that it touches the imagination of them. So some version of that. And I think that's just so powerful. Like that's what it's about. It's not about convincing or converting or, you know, uh, shaking people's hands to give money. Like it truly is about presenting the opportunity for someone to almost connect with their humanity themselves in being generous through others. Yeah. And that may be helping a child that is in a, you know, a hospitalized situation. It could be, you know, saving an animal or fighting for a policy change for those that can't, um, or providing food for someone in your community. Um, all of that matters. And so that's a great anchor for the episode. Cindy, it's been lovely. If people want to connect with you, uh, how should they do that? And if they want to learn more about Starlight Children's Foundation, how would you recommend they connect? Yeah, absolutely. If people want to connect with me, um, I'm on LinkedIn, so we'll connect there. And then we would love for people to follow Starlight social channels and learn more about us at starlight.org. Starlight.org, everyone. Go check it out. And I'm sure there can be so many more learned lessons by seeing how you all simplify your messages this end of year that others could apply. So definitely follow Starlight. Cindy, thank you so much for being here and the work that you do. It's been lovely to have you. Great. Thank you. Thank you.